I know that Alabama was in the original forecast. Uh, they thought it would get it as a piece of it. It was supposed to go. Actually, we have a better map than that, which is going to be presented where we had many lines going directly, many models, each line being a model, and they were going directly through. And in all cases, Alabama was hit, uh, if not lightly, in some cases pretty hard. And that map that you showed today looked like it almost had like a sharpie. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. And I'm Harrison. What's cracking there, Harrison? Uh, what isn't you know um what is not cracking is yeah. a better question just feeling like death you know but um yeah what else is you yeah always always feeling like that i got a mysterious uh package in the mail mysterious package you open it yet i did open it how wait and how long did you wait before you opened it like an hour See, I would have been, like, curious. I mean, did it have a return address on it? It had a return address in, like, Northern California. and hmm. uh, But no name. No name. See, at yeah, that yeah. point, then I would, be, uh, I would be rather suspicious. Yeah, I mean, I was a little suspicious, but it was like, the, the, and then the side of the box said, injectable acetaminophen. Like, that Whoa. was what was original. That was what was in the box, I guess, originally or at the time or then or what. Who orders and, injectable acetaminophen? Why not just go... Hospitals. Oh, yeah, hospitals. I guess a hospital yeah. would put it right in your IV. Yeah, so that's it's the still only weird. person that have it, you know. Did you shake it? No. Hmm. I don't care, you know. I like, would think I there's like anthrax or something. I don't care. I, like, I honestly or don't tarantulas. Care. Uh, tarantulas I would care about a little bit, but, um, but hey, that'd be a story. Yeah. yeah, just a box is full of like a hundred tarantulas. Yeah, yeah. They'd probably be dead though. A snake, yeah. like a, <laughs> an asp or something, you know? You never a know. A ferret. So I saw the injectable acetaminophen, and it was like, my immediate thought was like, okay, there's got to not be an injectable acetaminophen in here. That's got to be like either an old box or that's a cover for what's really in there. And I thought maybe it was like a large amount of narcotics. I love how that's where your mind goes immediately. It's like, oh, there's got to be a large amount of narcotics. Well, in I know here. a lot of shady people who are like involved in all sorts of schemes. And they would just send it to you unannounced. Well, it's possibly. Like, what if they don't? What if they? What if everybody who deals with that shit is super paranoid, right? So it's like if you send it without letting anybody know, in case any lines are being monitored or whatever. You know, I, I have d- d- plausible deniability. You know? oh, yeah, because you could be like, I don't know who yeah. sent this to me. Because I'm like, it's got to not... Because the only reason anyone was sending injectable acetaminophen is... Immediately, I was just thinking, like, I wonder how much I could... If this is a full case of injectable... I wonder where I could sell it and how much I could get for it. Because um, <laughs> uh, I, I was like... Or maybe someone sent it to me for, like, for me to try to kill myself with it. But, but there's a lot of fans that could have done that. Yeah, but I mean, if anyone who listens to the show knows that, you know, it, usually... 
you don't die from acetaminophen overdose. Yeah, you'd um, have to shoot a lot of it, but it's know. a whole box full. I would also, have it wasn't that long ago that I had a fucking like almost a gram of fentanyl, you know, <laughs> any any given time in my apartment. And at any given time, like a fucking one forty eighth of that could have killed me. So I would know. have assumed that you I don't know, being like high on whatever, would have been on the dark web, ordered something and completely forgot about it. And then that like could, a month later, you get this package. You're like, oh. That doesn't usually happen to me. Um, okay. So I, that, that wasn't a thought. The thought was that somebody got some drugs and had to like get rid of them or whatever, sent them to me. Because like I'm generally known as like an honorable scumbag. So like, so? you know. If you did send me like a fucking, you know, ounce of heroin or something, you know, I would sell it and, and well, I'd do a bunch, but I'd also sell it and I'd, uh, I'd give the person half once I found out who it was. Wow, you Whereas, are honorable. Yeah, most people would either just like screw them over or if they weren't shady at all, they would, you know, call the police or whatever. So well, I wouldn't turn my friend into the police, but. I would assume you would just keep no. You it, wouldn't know who it was off. from if you just got an anonymous package. Yeah, but if you got the anonymous package, who would you give the money to? Would you, you would figure get it out? Contacted later by the person. Why would they put their name on the fucking thing? Are you I just don't me? know why anyone would. would it, you know, you send you an unsolicited box. Of it's drugs. happened. To, it's happened to friends of mine. I you know? guess. I don't. Where I they mean, got just anonymous large amounts of drugs in the mail because somebody had it. It's like I need to get rid of this. Well, gonna, but I don't want to just trash it. So I'm I would have given it. you a heads up at least. Been like, oh, hey, by the way, package yeah. is uh, going to show up at your house soon. Well, whatever. It'd be the right? code word, you know. But so yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway. that, no, the code word best comes after, you know, or you put a code word in the box that's like, you know, sausages or something. And then somebody's like, yeah, I sent you a box sausages. And exactly. then it's like, oh, you're the person. This is how you do things, D. All right. Well, I anyway, would have done that or I would have had yeah. like, you know, I wouldn't have just unannounced been like, here's a pound of heroin. Have fun figuring out who it is. Like it's some kind of fucking, you know, uh, uh, whatever that is. When you, what, what is that when you go around town looking for clues to try to figure something out? Scavenger hunt? Yeah, scavenger hunt. I hate those things. I mean, it's better than just like sitting and staring at the wall which is what i usually do because i can't take joy in anything that i used to enjoy <laughs> i guess so, have you ever had a girlfriend that's like we're gonna do a los angeles scavenger hunt no it's like this is a steampunk scavenger hunt and it's just no. like no i don't i don't even care anyone like, I've your ever vagina isn't even that good enough that. for me to deal with this yeah no that's the worst i'd rather be at home alone or like santa con or whatever the fuck that happened in new york all the time uh, just, santa yeah. con is the worst yeah God, that is no. the worst. Can't you know, that's it. the thing with mass shooters. It's like, you know, they go shoot up some like country rock festival or something. Just wait for SantaCon and then yeah. go do a mass shooting. And the world probably be like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, they did the world a favor. Might even think they're like, you know, nominate you for like some kind of award or something. So, yeah. so anyway, back to the package. You get this package. Yeah. You waited about an hour agonizing, trying to figure out what it is. I wasn't Who, agonizing. I really wasn't. But weren't that, you... But weren't you thinking like someone might be trying to get some kind of revenge on me? No. Hmm. I don't care. I honestly don't care. <laughs> Were you yeah. careful when you opened it up? No, I don't care, D. I honestly don't. Hmm. Um, yeah. I like I, I, I long for the days when people were trying to kill me. 
You know, well, do you recall the story we did for Patreon this week with the guy put the improvised dog shit explosive device? Okay, that's a good point. See? That that would never have occurred to me. That yeah. <laughs> but you know, mental. But note. I mean, anyway, anyway, you slice that one, you're gonna come up not great. You know, Shitty. yeah. So yeah, but uh, so what was in it? All right, so it was a bottle of rye, actually, rye and uh, whiskey and, and a note. Hmm. This is what this note says. So. Is a note? Wait, is a note written in like? Letters cut out from a magazine? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I have the Lindbergh baby. Repeat, I have the Lindbergh baby. Somebody was telling me about the one of the Getty grandson today. Oh yeah, and, like when they got kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, and it was like his grandfather was like, "I'm not giving you any money," <laughs> and they like you. they like fucked his ass up. Yeah, did they like cut off fingers or something? And they cut like, off his ear, and his they ear, he was like yeah. cr he was crippled for the rest of his life. Yeah, and then, then when the guy finally paid the ransom, he's like, when he got him back, he's like, you're going to pay me every cent back over the course of your life. Yeah, he was you know? a tyrant. Yeah. Getty Sr. But I heard yeah. it was like, that whole thing was an engineered kidnapping, but then real mobsters were like, what? No, we're going to actually take over and do a real kidnapping. Mm. We should cover that one these days. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. Anyway, this is what the note says. It says, Harrison. As one of your innumerable self-appointed self-appointed life coaches, let me wish you a happy belated birthday. And as such, let me also offer these words of encouragement. No matter how grim things may become, no matter to which depths of Kantian existential despair you descend, when you're reading Kierkegaard for its laughs, when you find the crushing impermanence of all phenomena to be a vast abyss, know that there is yet one universal constant beyond space and time. That constant is D. Simon. <laughs> I guess I am. I do kind of give you some kind of uh, constant. I'm kind of a constant force in your life. You know, once a so. week, you're forced to come over here and uh, spend four hours with me. Yeah, no, it's true. But yeah. I mean, you know, at I'm, best that was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and at and at worst, at worst, a chilling vision of things to come. You yeah, know? kind of like a weekly period or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, you could schedule your clock around that. I well, mean, there was that was definitely true of the time when I was on meth, when it was like I barely understood time as a concept, <laughs> when I was just shooting tons and tons of meth, um, and that was the only thing I ever had to do. Yeah, because you, you didn't have a job back then. Your house. Yeah, I didn't have a job. Yeah, I didn't have any. No girlfriend. I guess you had to feed your cat. Yeah, um, wow, that's a rather eloquent uh, uh, missive there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have an idea who this might be. Mm -hmm. um, he's a longtime listener mm. uh, named John who lives up in the uh, North Bay. And mm -hmm. he lives by like uh, some various distilleries. But this guy sends some of the best uh rye whiskey that i've had okay. he sent like several these are like i guess like small batch distilleries that are in like uh sonoma county yeah but yeah i don't know if like he it's knows very where, good that we're all them are oh you tried is it good yeah. you have to save yeah. me at least one shot all right i'll, I'll do my best <laughs> but that's kind of cool how do you know it was your birth oh i guess we talked about it we did talk about it yeah i, I mean that's very uh generous you know of him uh, and I thank him very much. Though, to be honest, I was really hoping it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Why 
<laughs> well, you, th- you were hoping a woman sent, sent you the know, package. Yeah. It's right. very elegant handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? It might yeah. be. I'm. I'm just. You know. It's I'm like just my handwriting is like. Hey, I cool. I kidnapped the Lindbergh baby. I hear hear liquor. You know, like I my handwriting looks like a fucking mutant. Yeah, you so. wouldn't be able. To, my handwriting looks like a leper's writing it with like his left hand. Yeah, like you wouldn't even be able to read that or decipher it. I, you know, I don't know. It might still be a woman. Who knows? But I think it's a yeah. it's a pretty nice gesture, and you're some someone remembered your birthday. In fact, actually, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't injectable acetaminophen. <laughs> just to be, just because I don't even like acetaminophen. I generally don't avoid taking it because I drink. You know. Um, but if it was there, I might have just been like, yeah, well, it's here. You Fuck know, <laughs> I got might it. I'm as well. feeling feverish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Although, uh, whoever sent that, we want to know yeah. why did you have a box of injectable acetaminophen? Uh, he's probably like a, you know, a nurse in the medical. Yeah. Or lives with a nurse or, or a medical supplier or something. Or something. Huh. Uh, so anyway, yeah. on that note, a little cliffhanger for you. I got you a birthday gift. Oh, yeah. And uh, you'll get it. It's it's uh, you. I got to give it to you in person. So probably next time, uh, since we're doing the show remote next week, when you're here, I will give you your special birthday gift. My special <laughs> dog shit bomb. You mean? <laughs> God, how'd you know? Mm. Jesus. No, it's, I'm serious. I got a good gift for you. So anyway, this whole mysterious package thing is very reminiscent, or a package of injectable acetaminophen is very reminiscent of an unsolved murder case from the early 80s. The Chicago Tylenol murders. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, actually, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember well, do that. You, you, do you actually remember when, well, you wouldn't remember when it happened, but did your parents, like, not give you Tylenol in the 80s? I remember them talking about it. I remember people talking about it. I remember hearing about it just because I had family in Chicago, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't living here at that time. So like we didn't really experience it, but I do recall later, like, um, like my aunt was just like, Oh, you never take Tylenol. You take Excedrin. It's like, okay. But anyway, a listener actually, Mike from Santa Maria, Santa Maria a while ago called in saying that you guys should cover the Tylenol murders. And I totally forgot until, um, we were talking, you mentioned this, uh, that this, gift that you got to me off air and i was like oh shit you know what it reminds me of the tylenol burners that happened in chicago and and that was a weird the whole thing is weird it was an unsolved case they never they had suspects but they never actually found out who did it you know it was a a series of poisoning deaths that resulted from drug tampering but it had a lot of uh you know actually some you know beneficial effects like uh, they they change the way drugs are packaged, like the pharmaceutical industry changed the way drugs are packaged. Because right. um, back then it was just like you could open it up and remove the cotton ball, and then just like there you go. Yeah, there's no sealant. You know, there's no seal for uh, for any of these drugs, mm. which is you know rather scary. Uh, but the victims, and this happened in 1982 in the Chicago uh, metro area, the victims had all taken Tylenol-branded acetaminophen capsules that had been laced with potassium cyanide. A total of seven people died in the original poisonings, but then there are several more deaths in subsequent copycat crimes. Mm. 
Yeah, it was, it was like a thing where after this happened, I mean, there's mass hysteria in the news and everyone's like, oh, I'm going to start doing it to other drugs. Um, but yeah, it all started September 1982 uh, when the parents of young Mary Kellerman gave the 12-year-old a painkiller because she had a cold. Hours later, dead. Jesus. S- same day, 27-year-old postal worker Adam Janus of Arlington Heights, Illinois, died of what people thought was a heart attack turned out to be cyanide poisoning. And not just him, his brother and sister-in-law, Stanley and Teresa, rushed to his home to console their loved ones. While they were there, they had a headache, which is kind of a common response to a death in the family. They decided to take an extra strength Tylenol capsule. Next thing you know, dead. Hmm. So there's two more dead. And over the next three days, three more strange deaths occurred. A 35-year-old Mary McFarland, another uh, Paula Prince, and then finally Mary Weiner died. And all of them, it turned out, took Tylenol extra strength capsules shortly before their death. And so that's the one thing that I don't get, is the cops somehow made this connection. I mean, I guess it makes sense. But I mean, how would they know that all these people had, I guess, I don't know, they see Tylenol in their bathroom? Like, I just don't understand how they connected the dots on that one so quickly. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's like if you take a I don't think it takes that long for a fu- for fucking cyanide to kill you after you take it. I think yeah, it happens pretty it's quick. So it's hours. like you just, you just take it a Tylenol and out, you know, somebody said it probably. Well, you know, they might have been able to, you know, the autopsy said, oh, acetaminophen and cyanide in this body and acetaminophen and cyanide in all of these bodies. So they might have. Right. Just, Put it, put I it would imagine it was like, the, like what is he? What did he eat, or what did he take? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. What, or he had a headache right before, and so they probably, yeah, they probably tried mm-hmm. to figure it out that way. So investigators that made the connection between the poisoning deaths and Tylenol, um, and uh, they found that each victim swallowed a capsule laced with a lethal dose of cyanide, uh, potassium cyanide, at a level toxic enough to provide thousands of uh, of fatal doses. And police were baffled because it's, you know, the pills came from different production plants and sold in different drugstores just around the entire Chicago metro area. So at first, the first thing they did is they ruled out the manufacturers because the tampered uh, with bottles came from different pharmaceutical companies. So it wasn't just from one factory, you know, manufacturer or one factory. And the seven deaths all occurred in the Chicago area. So sabotage during production was ruled out. Because, you know, the, the factories ship their drugs all across the, the country. Yeah. So instead, police concluded that they're looking for a madman who is believed to have acquired bottles of Tylenol from outlets and tampered them. Dear God. Tampered with them. That's what he did. And they concluded that the guy would go to supermarkets and drugstores, um, add cyanide to the capsules, and then methodically return to the stores to place the bottles back on the shelves. Like, who would do that? Seems like a uh, lot of work. Yeah. I mean, did he, ha- did he even have a manifesto, you know? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other thing, too. There's no, uh, you know, there's most, most of the people, anyone who's willing to do this, like the Unabomber or someone like that, the Unabomber actually was a suspect, but anyone that would be willing to do this would leave some kind of hallmark behind, like maybe a weird icon or a sign or something. There's nothing like that here. So that, that's, what, that's what's kind of curious about it. But the death set off a nationwide panic. Stores rushed to remove Tylenol from their shelves. 
consumers, uh, overwhelmed hospitals and poison control hotlines. Usually when something like this happens, people just like, because everyone's like a hypochondriac in this country. Yeah. You know, people are freaking out, you know, going to hospitals being like, I took a Tylenol two weeks ago. Am I dying? Yeah. You know, but this is crazy in Chicago though. The police actually went through the streets with loudspeakers. Oh my God. Warning residents. Don't take the Tylenol. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing that I can't, I can't even picture a big fat ass Chicago cop yeah. just cruising around in like the back of a truck. Don't take the Tylenol. Um, hey, I, uh, don't take hey, the Tylenol over there, all right? All right. We're going to put some uh, brats on the grill after, though. <laughs> but so, anyway, all these people died. Everyone's flipping out. Um, mm. But Johnson and Johnson was kind of uh, was praised for the way they handled this crisis. And I think you mentioned this to me before that didn't doesn't like like they business just, schools teach this as an example of how to deal do. in a crisis situation. Yeah, there was a. I remember when I was getting when I was in business school, it was like a Harvard Business uh, School uh, whole study about it. Yeah, about but the way they handle it. I yeah. mean, it's admirable the way what they did is right from the get go. You know, they distributed warnings to hospitals and distributors, took full responsibility. They issued a nationwide recall of all their Tylenol products. It's like 31 million bottles with a retail value of over $100 million at the time. Uh, they also advertised in national media for individuals not to consume any of its products that contained a, uh, acetaminophen after it was determined that these were the capsules that had been tam tampered with. Right. And they offered to exchange all Tylenol capsules already purchased uh, by the public for solid tablets. So, I mean, they're being incredibly proactive about this. Yeah. Which compared to like companies now who's like, you know, fuck you, try to sue us. Right. We can afford yeah. way better lawyers than you ever could. That's like, I mean, that's like Trump's attitude. It's like, I'll screw you, uh, you know, sign up for Trump business school and yeah, you know, you, you won't be able to get a job and you, we don't even give you degrees. Try to sue me. I think that's yeah. kind of like the attitude companies have now. Well, yeah, because companies now are like, are like, oh, you have, um, you know, oh, you have a sprained ankle, you should just, you should get on this this fentanyl patch for the next three years. <laughs> well, the, no, especially pharmaceutical companies. It'll be great. Yeah, you, that's what you need. Or Do Martin it. Shkreli, it's like, oh yeah, we make this. Uh, what was that medication? It was like, was it for like. Uh, like some kind of like diabetic medication or whatever. It's like, oh, we're the only company that manufactures it. All right, now it's like a million dollars a pill. It was an AIDS medication. AIDS medication, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Johnson Johnson received positive coverage for his handling of the crisis. And uh, even the Washington Post praised them, saying that they effectively demonstrated how a major business ought to handle a disaster. And yeah, and, they, and they're, you know, they're being heralded in business schools. And so during this time, I mean, they kind of, the public obviously was freaked out. And at the time of the scare, like their market share collapsed from 35% down to 8%. But within a year, it rebounded, which is, you know, credited the company's, uh, you know, aggressive reaction to the crisis. Mm. And so then they completely turned it around, reintroduced capsules and a new triple sealed package. Uh, they did heavy price promotions, and within several years, they regained the highest market share for over-the-counter uh, medication. So, I mean, it's kind of an incredible recovery if you think about it. I mean, you look at like a company like United. Remember when United, was that like two years ago when they dragged that guy, from his, that doctor, from his seat while he was like crying? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're still dicks. Yeah. Like United still dicks. Like two girls were wearing leggings and they're like, "Now nah, we're not letting you on the on the plane for those sexual sexually suggestive pants." What? Yeah, this just happened like 2 weeks ago. Oh. And then I was flying United back from Denver. And you know what? They fucking charge you $60 for a carry-on. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, fly yeah. a con- fuck United, dude. Dicks. <laughs> Um, but the one thing about this crime, that's why there were like seven actual deaths from the Tylenol. Ryanair but, is a bunch of Irish thieves. Oh, yeah, know? no. God, they do the same kind of they're shit. They're terrible, too. Yeah. Well, I think like in Europe, they have a lot of these, uh, these you know, these budget airlines. And yeah. so now the U.S. is like, okay, we got Spirit. And United's like, well, if Spirit can do it, we can do it. Yeah. God. Southwest, I think, is my favorite airline now. Hmm. They even still give you like food which is rare. So the interesting thing about this is uh, the copycat incidents. So this tampering you know, caused nationwide hysteria, and so it inspired hundreds of copycat incidents like throughout the U.S. Um, pills tainted with everything from rat poison to like hydrochloric acid. Jesus. Yeah, sickening people from around the country. And then on top of that, then it, then it kind of it, it extended into food tampering. So that Halloween, parents reported finding pins concealed in candy corn and candy bars. Um, and some communities banned trick-or-treating altogether. I always thought that was some kind of urban myth. Yeah, I did too. I mean, did your parents say that? Like, I got to check your candy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember my mom. Or actually, I don't know if my mom, no, I don't think my mom ever did that, but I remember hearing it, like, watch out for, you know. Now, I remember my mom like, would do it that. It was just candy candy that's not in a wrapper. They're like, you know, let me see it. Yeah, but, I remember my mom would do that. She would just, like, be like, oh, let me let me see. And she would, like, feel the camera. She's like, David, let me check your candy. And she's like, oh, I'll try this one. And then she would eat, like, all, like, the Snickers and, like, the Milky Way. I'd be like, what are you doing? I think she was just doing it just to eat the better, you know, the best pieces of candy. Yeah. And then I'm left with the fucking, uh, I don't know, like, what was that fucking, did you ever have that, like, peanut butter kind of taffy that was, like, wrapped up in, like, an orange, like, this oh, kind of nondescript orange wrapping? Bullshit, yeah. Ah, oh, piss me off. Candy back then kind of sucked, though, you know? Like, they didn't have no dark chocolate fucking Milky Ways back then, you know what I mean? They didn't yeah. have the no. Kit Kat, they didn't have none of that shit. They, yeah, they all the had, special like M&Ms that they have now. They just had garbage. Yeah. No, it was just boring. Bullshit. But yeah, so anyway, there, you know, people were freaking out about food tampering. And then there were like Excedrin capsules that were tampered with that resulted in the deaths of a couple people. Um, then there was uh, like uh, someone uh, tampered with some uh, Anison capsules. And then they found cyanide in that. So everyone was freaking out about it. But no one was ever arrested for the original Tylenol murders. And so during the investigation, and that's the thing, they had suspects, but they could never actually pin it on anyone. And, you know, they even reopened the investigation. Like, it's ongoing. They're still trying to figure it out. I don't know if they ever will, but who knows. But during the initial investigation, there's a guy named James William Lewis who sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson demanding $1 million to stop the killings. Like, this guy actually thought that would work. Right. <laughs> He's like, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to send them a ransom note, and they'll just send me a million dollars, and I'll be a millionaire. 
It's like, it doesn't work like that, you idiot. So police immediately identified via identified him via fingerprints and the envelope he used. I mean, he didn't even wear gloves when he sent the envelope. <laughs> he probably didn't even cut out the letters out of magazines. He probably wrote it freehand. Yeah. Um, uh, police were unable to link him with the crimes, as he and his wife were actually living in New York City at the time. They weren't even anywhere near Illinois. Um, he was, however, convicted of extortion and served 13 years of a 20-year sentence. He was paroled in 1995. Um, but the, uh, in early 2009, this is kind of interesting, uh, the Department of Justice investigators concluded that he was responsible for the poisonings, despite the fact that they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. Hmm. I don't know how that works. Like DOJ is just like, yeah, you're guilty, but we don't have enough evidence to charge you, but we still think you're guilty. Whereas Trump, there's like, oh no, that guy, he never broke the law. He's free and clean. Well, I don't think he did break the law. Well, I mean, who knows? Who, who, he, can't even, he, the, he can't even conspire with himself. How's he gonna conspire, you know? He's pretty good with a Sharpie. Mm. Um, but in January 2010, Lewis and his wife submitted DNA samples uh, to the FBI. And he said, Lewis said, if the FBI plays it fair, I have nothing to worry about. And he continues to deny all responsibility for the poisonings. Well, there, if there's one thing the FBI know, is known for, it's playing, playing it fair. fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this guy, though, I mean, in terms of suspects, I mean, he seems, he definitely seems rather guilty. I mean, he had a strange past. Like, the guy had been charged in 1978 with murder after police found the remains of one of his former clients in bags in his attic. But all the charges were dropped after a judge ruled that the uh, search was illegal. Hmm. <laughs> I did, I, did that happen in the 70s? Like you got a bunch of garbage bags filled with corpse parts in your, uh, in your attic, but then the, uh, you know, it was illegal search and seizure, so no crime there. Uh, actually, that, that happens a lot. I mean, not a lot, but that still happens. <laughs> you got to have that shit cleared right, or a good lawyer can fucking make the whole thing go away. Yeah, well, I guess that's what happened to uh, James Lewis. And then uh, they still tr they're still trying to tie him to the Tylenol killings. Yeah. You know, and they, they're hoping that, uh, you know, they re the FBI reopened the investigation, and they uh, still actually have some of the tainted Tylenol capsules from the original killings, they're hoping that they can recover DNA from the pills. That doesn't happen as much because it's really easy to get warrants now. Like, you could just get them over the phone, you know? So. Well, yeah, I don't think that'd be, that'd be a problem. But I'm amazed that they kept the pills in, like, an evidence bag. And now with, you know, new technology, they're hoping they can test, you know, for uh, DNA on it. And judging by this idiot who doesn't even wear gloves when he mails his ransom note, you know, in an envelope... If there's DNA on it, and if it's that guy's, I'm sure they're going to find something. Yeah. Um, but it's not, like, easy to get cyanide, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this guy this guy seems too uh, stupid to really come up with a crime like this, but who knows? Uh, second man here, Roger Arnold, was identified investigating clear to the killings. He had a nervous breakdown due to all the media attention, which he blamed on a bar owner that he had, uh, I guess, uh, uh, issues with his name is the bar owner's name Marty Sinclair and in the summer 1983 um, he shot and killed an unrelated man who he thought was the bar owner that caused all of his problems 
Jesus. And it was just some other random guy named John Stanisha. He was convicted in uh, 1984, served 15 years of a 30-year sentence, and he actually just died a few years ago. And then there's a woman named Lori Dan who poisoned shot an unknown number of people in a 1988 rampage around Winnetka. They thought she might be a suspect, but then they uh, they're like, nah, no real link there. And then 2011, they requested DNA samples from the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, um, but he denied ever having you know potassium cyanide. Uh, yeah, that it's wasn't not really, really his mo. mo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, although uh, Kaczynski's first four crimes happened in Chicago, uh, from 78 to 80, and his parents uh, lived in Lombard, you know, suburban uh, suburb of Chicago. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, they never actually uh, were able to, uh, to, to, to find the, the Tylenol murderer. Um, but you know what, the, what this whole case did inspire was uh, the, the Congress passed what they called the Tylenol Bill in 1983, making it a federal offense to tamper with consumer products. And they also established uh, guidelines, federal guidelines for manufacturers to make all such products tamper-proof. So... You know, I mean, maybe there is some good to come out of this. Uh, yeah. You know, Johnson Johnson developed the caplet, which is a tablet coated with slick, easy to swallow gelatin, which is far harder to tamper with. They changed their packaging, so I mean, uh, they they that they definitely took steps to, you know, triage the situation. But one thing, uh, one final note here that's kind of interesting is uh, I read that there's a book that came out. Uh, like in 20, I think this is like 2012, um, called The Tylenol Mafia. This guy self-published this book. And he was a former Johnson Johnson employee named Scott Bartz. And he claims the Tylenol poisonings that kills the seven people in 82 actually took place in the company's production or distribution channels. And that Tylenol, along with the FDA and the FBI, steered the investigation the wrong direction to avoid liability i mean i don't know Oh, you mean it was somebody at the top like who worked for tylenol and who yeah. bottled the i see he's he's saying that uh this erroneous or this uh madman in the drugstore theory is completely erroneous and that he feels that the uh culprit put poison capsules in the bottles somewhere around the repackaging and distribution links in their supply chain I got to say that makes like 100% more sense. Than some crazed madman that's just going and swapping out bottles of Tylenol? Yeah. Yeah. And also like that also makes sense as to how, you know, it's not like Johnson and Johnson is, you know, they're like, they're not great. How do they monitor all these repackaging facilities? Didn't they make napalm or something? I don't know. Something. Well, I'm sure. But I mean, how can they monitor? Who knows? It'd be so easy for someone to do that. And he yeah. also claims that uh, the police didn't even really fully understand their distribution system, nor did they even bother to investigate it. They just kind of were like, it's a madman. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's the first thing they, they said, which kind of terrorized everybody, you know. Um, but he had a couple uh, points here. He said, instead of confiscating, inspecting tunnel capsules from the stores, they just turned them over to Johnson Johnson. So they treated it like a product recall, not a crime scene. Hmm. And additionally, all the capsules that the Chicago area residents turned over to local police departments were then just shipped straight to Johnson & Johnson. So less than 1% of these extra-strength Tylenol capsules in the Chicago area marketplace at the time of the poisonings were even inspected because Johnson, John, Johnson destroyed most of the capsules. 
So there's number one. Number two, investigators immediately targeted about two dozen people, including victims' family members as suspects, and then set out to build cases. They'd even follow leads that would have led them to legitimate suspects. You know, um, I guess uh, any potential DNA evidence was contaminated by barehanded lab workers who handled the contaminated bottles and capsules over and over again. Smart. Yeah. And uh, I guess one of the final victims, Mary Reiner, uh, investigators uh, misinterpreted the relevance of cyanide-laced extra-strength Tylenol capsules in her bottle. And uh, at some point, they even realized that they screwed up, but they kept that knowledge to themselves because they didn't want to release it was a mistake. Um, but that, that's the thing. Her, uh, they never actually said where she, she actually got her capsules uh, from a freebie pouch. It wasn't something that was bought at a store. So the fact that she got it from a freebie pouch that came from the, man, you know, the manufacturer kind of uh, pokes holes in their theories. But they kind of covered it up. Yeah, interesting. So who knows? I mean, then uh, when, when things were brought up with that, uh, that, that there's no evidence of any tamper-resistant packaging that had been violated, which indicated that a poison capsule had been placed inside before the bottle in the box got sealed, the FBI issued a statement saying sophisticated scientific techniques had revealed tampering had occurred. But they didn't go into any detail. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a conspiracy. Is this why um, over-the-counter medication manufacturers use monkey tasters now? I think that's why they use monkey tasters. Yeah, they 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 eat one pill out of every bottle, and then they're like, Are you good, Coco? And if it, and okay, if it all right, down, ship it out. Frothing yeah. at the mouth, and they're like, yeah. yeah, maybe we're gonna throw out this batch. Right, yeah. But yeah, so uh, so there you go. Who knows? Maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe this guy wants to bring down Johnson & Johnson, the Tylenol Mafia. <laughs> but yeah, this guy's still unemployed. So there you go. I don't know if anything ever happened with that. Hmm. But yeah, so I mean, uh, it, it's interesting to see you know what happened with this. I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, if, uh, you know, if, if Johnson Johnson was blamed for these killings, how many millions of dollars would they have been sued for by the families? Oh, sure. You yeah. know, so, I mean, it, it makes sense that that could happen, but no one's really proved it. But who knows? I mean, now we have uh, new technology. So in the end, we might find out after all. And but, in the end, it doesn't really matter. But I wouldn't go around injecting that acetaminophen oh, if I were you. Okay. <laughs> uh, people, this is uh, episode 703 here is Sick and Wrong. Um, we got uh, news stories coming next, phone calls after that. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. So the first story we have here was uh, posted by Mike on Facebook. You know, I would have to say, after reading this story, that this is probably the worst murder-suicide attempt that I've ever encountered. Hmm. And we've done a few murder-suicides here on the show. I mean, 
They seem to be like at least once or twice a week. But yeah. this is probably one of the worst murder suicide attempts that very he didn't even he didn't even like succeed. It's that bad. Uh, husband surprise attacks his wife. He told her to close her eyes for a surprise before stabbing her in the throat. Um, Get ready for a surprise. Stab. He was convicted of attempted murder uh, this past week. Sean May counted down from 10 before launching the brutal attack on his wife, Laura, after he was fired from his job in October of last year. You know, they don't go into detail here about what this guy did for a living. I'm willing to to wager, though, that he wasn't like a neurosurgeon or anything like that. Right, yeah. Or a college professor. He might have been a, uh, I don't know, a Brexit politician or something. Uh, the 34 College old... professors are pretty pathetic these days. I mean, in terms of like what they're paid and like, you know. Yeah, actually, it's maybe not a good. A... It's not a good uh, line of work to be in these days. Yeah, maybe he was a college professor. Yeah. Now. Uh, the 34-year-old was found guilty of attempted murder after knifing his wife when he told her to lay on the bed and await. Uh, she was expecting a gift of some kind, but instead was stabbed so hard between the shoulder and her neck that the knife handle broke. Uh, May admitted causing the wound, but denies attempted murder. What else could this possibly be? Mm. I mean, obviously he was trying to kill her if he stabbed her so hard that the handle broke. Maybe a fly landed on her clavicle and he was trying to kill it. He was just trying to kill the fly? Yeah. <laughs> um, Laura, I, I guess uh, during uh, in, in court, he gave her a couple fleeting glances as she walked into the witness box, but he didn't really make any eye contact while she gave evidence, which is understandable. You know, they also don't say if they stayed together after this. I'm assuming no. But you never know. Some, you never know the power of forgiveness. That's the power of love. Laura said the couple had been together for six years, and they did really love each other. She said they would rarely argue, but would sometimes bicker about the washing up. They would bicker about the washing up, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. I don't even know. Uh, last October, the couple had recently returned from a holiday in Korea, and days later, they enjoyed a takeaway before going to bed. I imagine they probably got a kebab from the local yep. kebab shop. <laughs> uh, May went downstairs in the early hours telling his wife that he thought he had heard a noise. But then after returning to bed, they had sex. And then he said, as they were doing some pre-coital cuddling, I've got a present for you. Would you like post-coital it? Post-coital cuddling? Or no, yeah, post-coital okay, cuddling, not right. pre. They probably did a little bit of that, but that's foreplay. Yeah. Post-coital cuddling. He said, I've got a present for you. Would you like it? And th this is one thing at first when I read it, I was like, why would he have sex if he's going to kill her? But then I was thinking, well, he's not going to have sex after he killed her or then it would be necrophilia. You know, he's not going to have sex with a corpse. So he might as well do that. Mm. It still seems very selfish to me. Um, so he says, I've got a present. Would you like it? And she said, yes. And then he told her to close her eyes. And lay on her back, which she did. And then he placed a tea towel over her eyes, which is another thing. I don't even understand what a tea towel is. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Was There's that? a lot doily? of like English jargon. That's what I thought. I thought it'd be yeah. like a doily. I don't know. 
Do all English people have a tea towel that they carry around with themselves? Like when they have to, it's tea time. At all it's times. It's tea time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have your towel? Like, I, I don't know. Doesn't that say, we're it sound stand, like We're both standing here in front of Colin Hall. Have you brought your tea towel? <laughs> it's like you can't have tea without your towel. Mm. I imagine it's something that you probably get when you graduate high school. You know? Uh, she told the court that he then paced around the room for 10 minutes before she became fed up. But yeah. she didn't get up and remove the towel. She just stayed there. And then she, she, she continued here. This is what she, in her testimony to the court. He then started counting down from 10, 9, 8, 7, skip 6, I guess, 5, 4, 3, then 2, then four, two, three. I guess he was going. He wasn't counting very. He wasn't counting properly. He's counting all over the place, and she said she was getting quite annoyed. And he did this like two or three times. He never actually reached zero. Hmm. So there's nothing suspicious in this behavior. I mean, yeah. there you are laying on your back. You just had sex. You're naked. Your face covered with a tea towel, and your husband's pacing, counting. Just this, like, desultory counting that doesn't even make any sense. At that point, I probably would just go, I don't know, lock myself in my Prius. That's some weird aftercare. Yeah. That is mm. some weird post-coital behavior. Mm-hmm. I think he's having, like, an aneurysm or something. Um, she then told the court, I said to him, this better be a puppy. Because we had talked about having one. But then he answered in a very low, calm voice, it's not a puppy. It's not a puppy. Just this like emotionless, you know, fucking psychotic voice. It's not a puppy. <laughs> and then he just stood there silently staring at her. Hmm. And then he began pacing again in the counting. Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. I would have been I, I, at that point. I would I definitely would have left the room. Yeah. But uh, he fell silent again and she felt a pressure on her shoulder. <laughs> She thought that an animal had been thrown on her and that something was clawing at her shoulder. Surprise, I got you a badger. And then he <laughs> ran out of the room and slammed the door. <laughs> he had like an attack badger that he'd been training yeah. to kill for months and he just whipped it on her and then just ran out. Yeah. Go, Mr. Badger, go! <laughs> attack! Um, she said she was screaming. I can't get it off. I can't get it off. You know, those badgers have claws and sharp teeth, you know. They do, yeah. Um, I must have reached up there at some point, and I realized that there was nothing there. No animal. But there was something rectangular in there. I thought it was a clamp or some kind of Halloween prop because I could feel blood trickling down. Is she a rotundo? What do you mean? This woman has to be a rotundo. I mean, anyone who's willing to deal with her husband kind of sporadically counting, staring at her silently, speaking in his low, creepy voice, and then just laying there with this. And then, and then after feeling pain and thinking an animal had been thrown on you, and then thinking it was a Halloween, but she's, she's not I agree with clearly. you up to a certain extent, but actually speaking as someone who's gotten stabbed, you don't actually feel it. So you don't know if you've been stabbed? I did like I knew she was like slashing, you know, knives at me or something, and I thought maybe it like scraped me, but I didn't realize until like my entire, you know, leg, my entire pant leg was soaked in blood. What was, 
you know, and I'd been tracking blood all over my apartment, what had happened. Did she just stab you once or did she stab you like prison style, like three or four times? She came at me a bunch of times, but it was all just like superficial scratches except the one which really got me. Did you think it was a clamp or some kind of Halloween prop? <laughs> yeah. I had my eyes open, you know? I just thought she was like scratched me or something. I just didn't, I didn't know until I saw the blood. I didn't even feel it. I didn't even feel it until like, I don't know, two hours later. And then, so, and then did, did it feel like, like, you know, piercing pain? Yeah. Then it like was, it was like, like I could barely pain. walk. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, she shouted, this isn't real. And then he said mm -hmm. in that weird low calm voice this, this is real, is real. <laughs> she said he sounded so calm uh when she realized she had been stabbed may allegedly appeared in front of her holding two knives claiming he was going to kill himself hmm. uh, the court heard that he told his wife they planned to die over mortgage repayment fears because he had been fired from his job oh that's why he was going to do all this Okay. Because he got fired, didn't think he could pay his mortgage, and then he didn't even stab himself. God, what a failure. Yeah. I don't even know why she married him. And then this is, this is I think, the most awkward moment of this entire story, even though it all is rather awkward. He then drove his injured wife to the hospital where he asked her to tell staff that she had injured herself. Like, did when you got stabbed, did she even, like, call you a lift or something to go to the hospital? No, she just kept attacking me until, <laughs> until the police came. Wow. Actually, you know what? No, no, no. She did, uh, once we noticed I was bleeding everywhere, she took the time to put a tourniquet on my leg and then continued thrashing me. Wait, but did, did she thrash you? Oh, wait, she thrashed you with, like, a stick or something, right? Or a, a cane? Stick. Yeah, she wasn't stabbing at that point anymore. But then was there a point where like she was tired from the thrashing and you were bleeding and you were sitting there and you guys just kind of had a, an awkward conversation? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It was just pure no. violence. No, even when she got arrested. Yeah, I mean, that was it. So. Huh. Well, this, yeah. this, this guy drove his wife to the hospital. I imagine that must have been awkward, though. What, I mean, what did they talk about in the car? A lot of tears, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I should have got you a puppy. That weird low voice. <laughs> yeah. um, while in custody, he was seen by a psychiatric nurse who described him as being insightful and understanding. And when, he a when they asked him what had happened with his wife, he replied, it was a sobering moment. Yeah, I imagine it must have been sobering to notice that you're a complete and utter failure. I mean, that, that, like this guy just failed at killing himself and failed at killing his wife. The, the woman has a tea towel over her face. She can't even see anything. And he can't kill her with a knife? When you said, when you said she opened her eyes and she saw he had two knives, it made me think, you, have you seen that, <laughs> that meme with that fat kid? And he's got those two crazy like knives that are attached to his arms. And it's like, master, forgive me, forgive me, but I'll have to go all out just this once. Forgive me, <laughs> I've master. Does <never> <laughs> he look like the kid from Bad Santa or something? Uh, a little older. Like if the kid from <laughs> Bad Santa was like 14. Yeah. God, I mean, at that point, just kill yourself. Or I mean, the other thing, too. Aren't there, like, myriad ways to kill your wife that are more effective than this? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, 
whatever. I, I mean, I've heard of many uh, family suicides. There's better ways to do it, you know? I mean, or like, look at OJ. I mean, yeah. he was really effective. That I guy mean, even... that's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, I don't know. These guys in the UK, they're just too polite. Yeah. They need to, uh, they need to put some more forethought into the killing. Or, or no forethought at all. Just do it. Right. You know, but regardless, this whole like tea towel and the counting and like, I got a birthday surprise for you. It's never going to work out. It's never going to work it's, out. It's not a puppy. It's not a puppy. I keep thinking like Christian Bale. I don't know why I'm like Master, thinking that. Master, forgive me. <laughs> Master, forgive me. Yeah. Anyway, don't, don't you have a wife murder story? I do. So oh. It's kind of related, these two stories. But your guy actually is a little bit uh, more successful than mine. Yeah. Michigan man accused of murdering wife. Bye. Putting lethal dose of heroin in her cereal. It's a yeah. Leo Sayer song. Yeah, it is a Leo Sayer song. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Catchy good, tune. Good call. Heroin so you, in the cereal, huh? Heroin in the cereal. The least effective way <laughs> of giving someone heroin. Yeah, wait. How much heroin would you need to kill somebody by putting it in their Lucky Charms? Well, usually people don't. It's hard to say because people don't usually eat an entire bowl of cereal. They leave some, you yeah, know, the milk. I, I leave some remnants. milk at the end and give it to my cat, you know. So, like, yeah, I don't know, man. But like, the thing is, is that heroin is it's you know how different drugs have like different bioavailabilities, meaning mm. like different methods of delivery affect you different ways. Like some drugs are better to inject whereas some drugs are better to take orally and they're more effective that way. Whereas heroin, the bioavailability of taking it orally is 35%. What about cyanide laced acetaminophen? 105%. <laughs> so wait, 35% taken orally? Yeah, so it's like if you give them a half a gram of heroin, they're only getting you know, 35% of that. Yeah, so that I mean, that, so that you'd have to lot. put a bunch, and then it gets diluted. So yeah, you'd you have to put quite a bit in there. I hey, think. don't you think you could taste it? But if it's fentanyl, that's a different story. Oh yeah, maybe then now yeah. that that would have done the trick. But could you taste the heroin? Like be like, God, this cereal tastes like fucking medicine. <laughs> wow, this is great cereal. <laughs> yeah, and can you taste the heroin? I could. What a pleasant surprise! It's heroin nose. That sounds like a commercial. Um, <laughs> although, there, there, I mean, this is not an uh, unknown concept. Uh, Smack. Remember that cereal? Oh, yeah. Smack. Is that the, the one with the frog? Yeah, the frog. He was real like a cool cat. You know, he's a real like hipster daddy-o, right, from the old days. Captain's it's like a Lenny Hair Bruce crunch. Type. Yeah. And then uh, Sugar Bear. Whatever what? that fucking cereal was. What about Boo Berry? Did they still make that guy that? was like that guy was that bear was just Bing Crosby on heroin. Oh, that his oh voice? yeah, the Sugar Bear. I remember that yeah. guy. I can't get enough of that sugar, Chris. He was probably on heroin. Hey, he's probably on heroin. Yeah. What about uh, the Boo Berry and Count Chocula? Is that still around? Yes. Hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, not all of them are around, but I believe Count Chocula and Frankenberry. I'm not sure about Blueberry. I think they brought the yummy mummy back. 
I never had which any means yummy something mummy. entirely different in in England. In England, the yummy, yummy mummy is like a milf. <laughs> so, not a fucking mummy cereal. <laughs> what so was the, wait, what was the mummy? I know, like Count Chocolate's chocolate, Blueberry was like blue, right, or yeah. something. What was yummy mummy? It was just f- different kinds of fruit. Oh, different kinds of fruit. Or was it called fruity mummy? No, it was yummy mummy. Yummy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that mummy? Yeah, he's kind of fruity. I don't know about him. I like that uh, yummy mummy over there. Yeah. <laughs> they really uh, say that over there? Th- yeah. So don't make that mistake if you go to England. Not that you would, because I think they have like four brands of cereal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and none of them feature monsters. So yeah. You would think they would have, judging by their dental work, you would think they would have more sugar <laughs> cereals, but they don't. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's just they don't believe in orthodontics. Oh, yeah, that's so, true. Or didn't or whatever. So anyway, Christine uh, Ann Thompson Harris. Jesus, how many names do you have, sweetheart? Harris's death was deemed an accidental overdose, though she'd never been known to use drugs. Dun, hmm. dun, 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 suspicious. Yep. Police now say it wasn't an accident at all. That's a tough claim to prove there. Five years after a Michigan mother died of what was deemed an accidental overdose at the time, police have charged her husband with murder, alleging he spiked her cereal with a lethal dose of heroin. Jason Harris, 44, was arrested, charged with first-degree murder, uh, delivery of a controlled substance causing death. Do Do you think this guy ever really used heroin? I I would think either him or he knew somebody because i think he probably like if you've never used heroin it's getting heroin can be a i mean i guess if you know how to use the dark web but well i imagine you know how to get you probably could find somebody that could get heroin but i just think he probably has never it's used not heroin easy if though. never what's that well i'm thinking he'd never use heroin because he's thinking oh if she just eats it she's gonna od like in pulp fiction you know it's, it doesn't work like that well, it did work like that. Well, kind Indeed. of. I mean, yeah. kind of, but I mean, it's. I just wonder how much he put in her cereal. Okay. I mean, well, it, it typically it. doesn't work like that. I would probably rather like wait till she's sleeping and like shoot her up with a bunch. Okay. Or get her drunk or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about either of those plans, but you know, hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> just get her a tea towel over her yeah. face. She won't even see it coming. Yeah, well, actually, if you do get it, do it while she's sleeping, you can just inject it like yeah, somewhere that's a, where they won't see it, like her toes or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Anyway. Labia. Um, yeah, 36-year-old Christina Ann Thompson Harris, fucker, was found dead in her home. It's a white trash uh, name. In 2014, seen as a tragic accident. Neighbors found Christina in her bed and were unable to awake her on the morning of September 29th. At the time, Jason told police his wife had a cold and he asked a neighbor to check on her after he left for work. It's kind of suspicious. Hmm. Um, yeah, so the medical examiner ruled her death an accidental overdose, though her family never knew her to be a drug user. So I bet you the siblings were right there suspicious. Yeah, the family members had suspicions. Um, so Jason Harris's siblings approached local police and said Jason had previously made remarks about getting rid of Christina to her siblings to his siblings oh to his siblings oh, yeah. okay his siblings were saying 
His own I mean, siblings ratted him out. Yeah, that's actually that's quite a betrayal. It is. Yeah. Um, and alleged he had been seeing other women before her death. Hmm. Player. Christina's mother said her daughter seemed fine one day before her death. So that cold story is nonsense. Um, mm. Jason's co-workers recalled him saying he had spiked his wife's water with Xanax pills and asked what pills were... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. This guy's an idiot. Yeah, okay. And asked what pills were odorless and tasteless. Hey, so Joe, uh, you going bowing this Friday? Yeah, I think I'm going bowing. Hey, man... You ever take pill? You, you ever heard of like an odorless, a tasteless pill that can like kill a thirty-six-year-old woman? <laughs> I'm just asking, like a friend, you know, for a friend. I want to know how many drugs he tried before he got to heroin. Yeah, and he crushed up like six hundred Flintstone vitamins or something. See what would happen. Right. Like I didn't, or did he just go straight from like Xanax to heroin? And how many, like you know fucking rocket shoes and rubber bands and fucking, you know, <laughs> electrified doorknobs he tried as well. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, oh, right. Okay, he was also accused of offering a hit man. Oh, my God. And, that, and this is surprising because, you know, uh, all hit men, all hit men are cops. And all cops are hit men. That's a fact. Uh, and his fellow co-worker, $5,000 to kill Christina. <laughs> so wait, yeah. was his former coworker the hitman, or was he just like, "Hey, do you know any hitman? If you don't have any odorless, yeah. lethal pills, do you know a hitman that could that could help me out?" And his yeah. coworker's like, "Sure." Yeah. <laughs> hey, Uncle Joe, Brad. you see the Big Bang Theory last night? Yeah, that Sheldon's really something, ain't he? Yeah. So, uh, hey, if I give you five thousand dollars, would you kill my wife? <laughs> nah, nah, I don't think so. Hey, could you refer me to something? Yeah, I know a hitman. He's great. His name's Gino. I, I mean, that's the thing. I think I'd have an easier time finding heroin than a hitman. Right. But, hey. Uh, yeah, so they believe uh, he murdered his wife. We believe he put heroin into her cereal and milk the night before she died. That she died after getting it from someone thinking it would be tasteless and odorless, much like he had asked his co-workers multiple times. God, he's re- <laughs> I need something yeah. tasteless and odorless. I like um, how it took them five years to cook this <laughs> uh, Did they ever, did they say what kind of cereal it is? I'm just curious. Uh, nut and honey. Nut and honey. <laughs> hey, honey, what cereal did you give me earlier? Nut and honey. Yeah, but... No, I mean, but what cereal did you get? Nothing, honey. I'm going to cut. And then she's dead. I'm putting heroin in your cereal. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a terrible joke. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. Previous blood work showed no signs of heroin use. Uh, She'd recently given birth, tested for breast milk. Jesus. uh, Had no heroin in it and, you know, all that shit. So Jason allegedly told a co-worker that he just needed to get rid of his wife so he wouldn't have to deal with a divorce, child hmm. support payments, or a custody battle. He also allegedly offered a man $5,000 to kill his wife, but the man was caught while performing surveillance. Wow, this guy was actually going... This guy actually yeah. found a guy who was willing to do it. Yeah. 
Excuse me, sir. I noticed you parked in your car here. What are you doing? I mean, I'm not surveilling nothing for killing nobody. There's just All a right. big pile yeah. of pistachio shells. <laughs> yeah. Just outside of his car. You yeah. know, in Michigan, I could see. I wonder, what Did they say what city this is in Michigan? Because uh, I could see some uh, someone in Michigan be like five grand, sure. Genesee can... County, Genesee County, that's right by Flint. That's not that okay. far from Bay City where I went to high school. Yeah. I could see someone there being like, "I can get a new truck for five grand," mm-hmm. and like going to knock off some guy's wife for that. And that actually right. makes sense to me. Sure, but that's not a professional, is it? Just, that's yeah. just some that's just some Yahoo, some you know? Yahoo wearing you like met camouflage. At the off- at the off-track betting pants. parlor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they determined that uh, Jason had been communicating with several other women before her de- Christina's death, including one woman from my home state of Rhode Island. God, he alleg- allegedly traveled player. to the state just days after his wife's death, death to visit the woman. Oh, man. God damn. Yeah. Just so no she remorse. Found, like, no yeah, conscience. She found, and his wife had found the text messages with the woman prior to her death. Uh, yeah. You know what the other funny thing about this is he was trying to make it seem like, oh, you know, she's a junkie and she OD'd, but she's probably like weighed like 250 pounds. Like if she's a Michigan girl in Genesee, she's probably a big lady. I mean, I've met, I met a lot of fat heroin addicts. It happens. <sighs> they overdose too. You know, don't yeah, discriminate. I guess it's true. I, don't it just, <laughs> I don't know. I just would think no, a hashtag junkie. Hashtag no hate. <laughs> I guess junkies do come in all shapes and sizes, but usually they're a little smaller. But hey, you just just like the Doctor Seuss book says, you're correct. Um, uh, yeah. So when oh yeah, and when he was arrested, he was living with that woman. Right, he was living so. with the Rhode Island hussy. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I, I, yeah. can you get more suspicious than this guy? I mean, at least the guy in the UK just sucked at killing his wife and killing himself. This guy just is probably the most suspicious character I've ever seen. I mean, I it would as as like a prosecuting attorney, like as if you're like the uh, you know the the prosecutor here. It's the easiest case I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, like well, you don't even idiot. know. Uh, Jason, at one point, it doesn't say when, was fired from his job after testing positive for methamphetamine. Uh, but he was able to get about $120,000 in life insurance from, from, uh, from his the wife's wife? job, from his wife's job, and for some reason from uh, his job. I don't know how that works. But uh, yeah, so he got all that money. And then a legacy.com, which is, I guess is like an obituary site, an obituary on legacy.com for Christina also directs memorial contributions be made out to Jason in lieu of flowers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Man, yep. and you know, Michigan detectives still took five years to solve this case. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. he pled not guilty and, you know. We'll see. We'll see. I think the happens. next true detective should be about this. Yeah. <laughs> Get Sean Penn to be in it and Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Man. Wow. God, that's amazing. That there is amazing. Go. You know, the one thing I don't, I, I guess I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not, don't have the criminal mind, but the Rhode Island hussy, what did she think about all this? 
Like she was living with a guy. His wife, do you think she knew about it? Or did she think it was all just circumstantial? It worked out perfectly for her. There's like early stages of a relationship, like in a, in a relationship where you can literally, where you, where like, you just block it out. You can, you can let a, like a man can make a woman believe anything. Oh, it's a very limited frame. It's a very limited window, but I've seen my dad do it a million times, you uh. know, where they're like, oh, well, even though you cheated on your wife with me, you'll never cheat on me. And they, <laughs> they literally believe this, you know, but right. like a year in the relationship, they won't believe any nonsense. He's throw their way so. but i just wonder if they were like going out to you know like we're going to red lobster tonight why it's, oh because i got a memorial check yeah <laughs> for my wife and ka-ching. she's just like ka-ching yeah. like she's just like yeah. okay cool let me uh i can't believe this asshole sent flowers <laughs> let me put Where's that hitman's number yeah <laughs> anyway people send your story to podcast gmail.com we have phone calls coming up next you 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 can call the Sigmar hotline, 323-522-4032. Yes, you. Oh. But we'll play it on the show if you keep it under three minutes. If not, well, then it's just going to go on the Patreon page. If not, I'm going to send you injectable acetaminophen. In the yeah. Mail. So. <laughs> um, but before we get to our phone calls, so, uh, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Lugaric's disease got pretty bad, let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code, Diddle. I am now a new man. So we got a few phone calls to get to here. 323-522-4032 is the sick and wrong hotline number. Uh, the first call is none other than Boner Villain. Oh, he's back. Boner Villain returns. The Beast is back. For a brief cameo here. Mm. Hey, sick and wrong. It's the Batman Villain. I usually don't call, and I usually don't give a shit about you anymore, but... That's a lie. Yeah, that is such a lie. You know he listens every week. Yeah. Masturbating furiously. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the guy... is dead crapped on by cats all the time. Just buy more sheets. That's literally the solution. What is he talking about? Do you remember the guy that called in saying that his cat keeps shitting on his duvet or on his bed covers or something? Vaguely. Sheets. Hmm. And I I don't know why. I think he was asking us, like, why? And then we started talking about, like, you know, litter boxes because we were men with cats. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) I think I blocked that out. But anyway, here's Boner Villain chiming in because he's the cat whisperer. I'm sorry. I'm better than you. I have better <laughs> solutions than you. I'm sorry. I drive a nice car. I'm self-made. You're little bitches. Sorry, I own a house. 
I love how it's like this guy's complaining like, hey, my cat's taking a shit on my sheets. And yeah. then Boner Villain's like, I'm better than you. I yeah. drive a nice car. I have a Honda I Accord. Give, I give better advice to small animals. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anyone who like actually had stuff that talked like that. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. Anyone yeah. who yeah, anyone who boasts like that is mm. you know, yeah, I doubt it. I mean, I highly doubt. I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm sure when his parents die, he will inherit their their home probably. He will. Yeah, he'll inherit some stuff. Yeah, so and and so in that case maybe he's like you know, projecting into the future or something. So He's got a lovely garden, I hear. You know. <laughs> I'm sure. Cats should all be put in a blender. They're all fucking evil and they're stupid. I hope they all die. That's Ooh. the correct solution, but... Oh, I think cats. cats should be put in the blender. Oh. All right. Wow. Ooh. Do you have a newsletter I could subscribe yeah. to? These are pretty edgy uh, opinions here, pal. You're so edgy there, boner villain. Yeah. I drive uh, around in my nice car thinking about how much I don't like cats. <laughs> you know, I want to get a, a good stop and get a frappuccino, but as soon as I get it, I'm going to sip on it and I'm going to think more about I don't like cats. I'm gonna I run should, over some cats. God, I wish this guy had a YouTube. You know, if we like, if he has a YouTube channel, can you imagine? That would be pretty funny. I I, yeah. I see him just doing makeup tutorials or something. These I, lean pockets are inferior to the hot pockets that I usually consume. You know, <laughs> just reviewing. Like, Boner villain should get a uh, YouTube channel. He might actually oh make some God. money. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd watch the fuck out of hey, it. Hey, I would plug it. You yeah. know, he's given us hours of entertainment. Man, you fucking idiots have problems thinking correctly. Just buy more sheets. They're like fourteen bucks at Walmart. <laughs> fuck you, and you're so shitty. And so you know what? That that right there tells you that this guy doesn't really own a home. Or as a house. Fourteen, who's buying $14 sheets that owns a home? <laughs> Yo, honestly. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the thread count on yeah, what's pair, the thread like $14 count? sheets? Like 10? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boner villain. They're going to romance sheets. ladies with yeah. $14 sheets. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. And also, how is that a long-term sustainable solution? Just keep <laughs> buying sheets. <laughs> So wait, every time your cat shits yeah. on your bed, you just go buy a new pair of sheets? He thinks cats should be put in blenders, except this guy's cat. He thinks this guy should just spend all of his money on sheets until the end of time. <laughs> just like have, he has like a yeah. basement full of sheets. Yeah. And then every time the cat shits on the sheets, he just replaces them and throws them out. Yeah. You know, boner villain, that's not a scalable solution. Come on, man. Come on. More than $25 an hour. Eat shit and die. Wait, what is it? He makes more than $25 an hour doing what? Watching gay porn? <laughs> I'm rewinding that. Listening to Jewish podcasts. <laughs> Whoever he makes who, $26 an hour. Who posted Jewish that to, to Facebook? Had I don't know. dying so today. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he's like, D, you owe me thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you can't work for more than $25 an hour. Eat shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's a classic boner villain call. Always warm full words. of good suggestions. Yeah, warm words from warm our, words from, from our friend the boner in Colorado. Villain. 
<laughs> All right. Okay, mm-hmm. moving on here. Um, we got a call from uh, Jizzy Jake talking about black magic. He's a lot of experience with the black magic. Yo, dudes. <clears throat> it's Jizzy Jake. I gotta be quiet. He's whispering. Because she might be listening. Oh, but Jesus Christ. Remember how I told you that uh, the Miley Cyrus-esque girl is putting curses on all of her ex-boyfriends? Is he hiding in a laundry hamper right now? I feel like he is. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> I think he's like, yeah, he's like hiding underneath a table or something. Yeah. Um, do you remember this chick? Like, I do. I, he, you remember I told you whose daughter it actually is, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I do yeah. recall that, yeah. which we can't say here on the show. But I recall one time he called in and he said he like woke up and she was in the backyard in the snow just yeah. like invoking demons or something. Yeah, with a candle, lighting yeah. shit on fire, you know. So he's like, I don't know, he's hiding in a laundry hamper while her coven is like doing a ritual or something. I, this is what I'm imagining. I, that's what I think is happening right yeah. now. Okay. On all of her ex-boyfriends, it's fucking going down, dude. One of her, she just told me, I had to call you, this is like an emergency phone call. But she just told me that one of her ex-boyfriends was tending his garden and he tripped and impaled himself with his own shears. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if Juicy Jake realizes this, but that is probably very verifiable, whether that actually happened or not. You know? (laughs) With with any small amount of work, he could figure out probably who it was and if that actually happened. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm sure he knows who her ex-boyfriend is. Yeah. I mean, they live in the same town. And she's like, yeah, the daughter of like some famous country guy. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that hard for him to figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, you know, how is, well, I guess he knows it's a red flag, right? Because it's like, okay, she's putting hexes on all her ex-boyfriends. It's like, you motherfucker. It's like, you realize you're a future ex-boyfriend too, right? Well, so. was was he actually in a relationship with her, or was it just kind of a uh, casual, you know, hookup kind of situation? He was living with her last time. Oh, but I mean, wow. I don't know if that means I don't know how much it means with Jizzy Jake. You know, he's kind of a rambling man. Jizzy so. Jake needs a talisman. Yeah, he he certainly does. Get a tattoo of a sigil. Yeah, of a protective sigil. There you go. Boom. Done and deal. He died. He so. died. I don't think this black magic shit is any fucking joke. <laughs> now, I'm in the bus on an Indian burial ground land, and I think I'm going... I feel like we're sitting around a campfire or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I forgot she lives on an Indian burial, burial ground. forgot about that. He's got, like, the, the flashlight underneath his chin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to relocate. Um, I think I'll probably find something in a couple of days. I always do. But if anything happens strangely, like I die in some kind of crazy freak accident. We'll call the authorities, Jizzy Jake. Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know how we would know. Like, I assume, like, if, like, someone like Schlitzy or Jizzy Jake, who calls, like, you know, 10 times a week, if they just stopped calling, I'd assume they died. I'm sure, I'm sure Michaela or Dildo Gaggins would let us know. Because he's probably, like, has notes or something with them, like, if anything happens to me, call this podcast. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, do you think, like, Schlitzy's parents would be like... He loved your show, and he would really like for you to like, you know, give him a eulogy, <laughs> like eulogize him at the memorial. Do you think you'd get like some like a, Slitzy's mom would call you? I, um, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd do it. I I definitely you would do travel it. out to Jersey. Or I would travel he lives. out. To, I would. I would do it. You know, um, I would. But too, I actually. but I would just be like shit. He, you know. He doesn't have anybody he's actually ever met that could do this. Um, <laughs> that would be my you know, thought. Yeah, but I mean, if you think um, about it, you're probably yeah. one of his closest friends. Mm. I, who knows? You know, <laughs> he's in the program. They, 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 you know, that is one thing that's never happened. Uh, it's been pretty. We've come really close to officiating a wedding. I remember mm. a couple wanted Wackerly and I to officiate their wedding, which never ended up happening. But I've never eulogized anyone on mm. that was a fan of the show. That would be weird. That would be weird. Yeah. Well, always... I mean, I kind of hope that if I die, uh, Schlitzy will put together like a like a clip, you know, like a what do they call it when you put a hot cut? What do they call oh, that I, shit? Oh, a supercut. Supercut of all my greatest moments on the show. Yeah, I, you know? I, I would help him out with that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be good. <laughs> and the way it would be really long too. It'd be like forty minutes, and everyone would just have to sit there and listen to it. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, spread the word that black magic is nothing to fuck around with. Dude, literally <laughs> impaled himself with his shears while tending to his garden. Maybe Did he, he was though, clumsy. Jake? Maybe he was clumsy. Yeah. And yeah, this is totally verifiable there, JJ. I oh mean, I've God, heard people say the same thing to me, you know? Don't fuck around with black magic, so who knows? All right, I'm know. spreading the word. We just did it. Constantine did it. Yeah. And he turned out fine. To whore, too. So, like, I'm just, I'm afraid for all of them. I'm afraid for all of her ex-boyfriends, dude, because there's probably hundreds of them. <laughs> God, she got around. Is she? Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Maybe it is Miley Cyrus. They're all going to start going down one by one like some Final Destination shit, dude. Oh, my God. I need to find a fucking voodoo priestess to... That's it. I'm going to New Orleans for Halloween. I'm going to find a voodoo priestess to let me drink some snake blood <laughs> and get this whole curse off of me. None of those motherfuckers are real, dude, <laughs> in New Orleans, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now it's on. like a tourist yeah. thing now. But is yeah. it does it work like that? Like is Jizzy Jake cursed? Well, if he drinks the blood out of a baby's skull, then he might be okay. Okay, that's how it <laughs> that's, works. That's that's how you fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's the case. So what about if you're hexed? So being hexed is the same thing as being cursed, right? Uh, yes, correct. Okay, so Jizzy Jake doesn't know. I think what I would do is just try to be cool with this girl. Mm. 
You know, just like, uh, don't mess with her. Be cool. Go get her a puppy or something. And then just like, leave on good terms. Mm. And then get really far away. Just drive your uh, Colt bus really far away. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, wash your face, comb your hair. Yeah. You know, find your cleanest, dirty shirt. And, uh, you know, just get out there on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying, buddy? <laughs> you buy know what some, I'm saying, pal? Buy her some sheets with a decent thread count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't need to get... No, you don't understand, because I don't need 400 thread count. <laughs> if I just get 40 different sheets of 10 thread count, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> I go to Walmart, get my $14 yeah. sheets, and then I kill some cats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hope she, she can easily be outside of my bus listening right now. But I'm taking the risk because, you know, got to get the word out. If anything happens to me, you know what happened. Okay. All right. Uh, love you guys. I hope this isn't the last time we get to talk. All right, bye. God, that was for Bodie. We will, but I mean, Jizzy Jake, they don't do fucking witch trials anymore, so I don't really know what good it's going to do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I'll alert the authorities, but... Yeah, I mean, I'll gladly go, you know, to the court in the Carolinas, wherever you are, you know, and present spectral evidence against Goody Proctor or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> Again, I don't know how much how much good that's gonna do. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think people really tried for witchcraft as much these days. But mm. yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, this does sound pretty dark, though. Well, yeah. watch out, Jizzy Jake, and maybe you should stay away from uh, the witchy women. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but they're the best. They are the best. Yeah. Actually, I I prefer it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if which which woman from the craft she is. Is she Nev Campbell or Feruza? What's her name? Feruza Balk? Sounds like she's Feruza Balk. That's yeah. what I think, yeah. You so, ever been to the witch store up on Coenga? Yeah, it's closed, apparently. Oh, it closed down? Yeah, they, everything is closing down on the entire block. They're making a condo. Jesus fucking Christ. I heard they're closing Amoeba, too. Yeah. God. Condo. Everything's condo now. That's what, that's what happens when you live in fucking California. It's like That's what happens when you live in any major city. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like fucking rich developers come in here and they fucking turn everything into condos. It's all Chinese money laundering. Yeah, you that's know? exactly what it is. So, All right, well, Jizzy Jake, I, I wish you the best. And uh, Godspeed. Get in the uh, Colt bus and just drive far away. You don't want yeah. to deal with I mean, with I had a friend of mine whose his, uh, girlfriend woman. hexed him and he got a STD from that. From so. the hex? From the hex. Huh. Did she hex it Where's with her by? diseased vagina or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of amazing that she has the ability to put a curse on someone and give them gonorrhea. Yep. Wow. Huh. I like that. Mm. All right. Final call here we have is uh, from the Wad, the weird Arab okay. dude. Uh, right. This time he calls in talking about other women in his life. So... He's he's spoken at length about his fake sister. He's spoken about his mother a bit, which I'd like to hear a little bit more about your mother. And he's spoken about his father at length, and I actually I really do enjoy hearing stories about his father. And this week we actually played a pretty funny call about his pony named Travis on the mm. Patreon. 
uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's for uh, for the bonus segments there. But this time, he's talking about another woman that he had in his life. Hello, Dean Harrison. It's, it's the Wad again. The Wad. Uh, I hope you guys got all the details that you wanted. Uh, those last couple calls I just placed. Uh, I figured maybe uh, I would tell you guys about some of the other women in my life. So, uh, before the whole adopted sister fiasco, which we'll call her adopted sister, you know, uh, you, know you don't have to refer to her as my sister. You know, she, she, we're not, we weren't related. So, there's no actual incest going on. Uh, yeah, Before right. I met her, though, um, I, I was kind of messing around with a girl who was a couple years older than me. I was 16. She was 18. Uh, we were in Spanish class together. This girl was just... You know, I lost my virginity to a girl. I was 17, I think. Yeah. Almost 18. And she was uh, 22. And at the time, I thought that was like, God, this is an older woman. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. remember thinking like she was really old. But now it's like you hear about these high school kids that are like 14 years old banging a 26-year-old teacher. I think it's commonplace now. I don't think it's commonplace just because there's a, a story in the news once a month in Florida. <laughs> you know, It happens a lot, though. And no. it, I actually like when you see that, it's like I'm like, God, I never had any attractive teachers in my school. The, the option wasn't even there. No. Anyway ditzy as fuck and it was it was really funny because it's like i was in the friend zone but when she found out i had never kissed a girl at 16 years old never kissed a girl uh she she agreed to give me my first kiss and then you know we would hang out make out uh even finger bang her a few times uh but 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 i was still in the friend zone you know she had another boyfriend somewhere named dan you know who you know she cared about very much. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Wow, he was like the side hoe. Yep. All right. They all have a Dan. A Dan. <laughs> Every woman has a Dan. Dan. Yeah. You can never date annoying... him. You know. Nope. Nope. You could fuck him, but you can't date him. Things about it. They're too either too young or too married. <laughs> you know. So the few times, the few times we actually did mess around, this bitch would feel so guilty about it that she would actually start crying. You know, it's one of those. And one time I actually did talk her into uh, letting me go down on her. So that's the first time I ever went down on a chick. And that was when the crying spell was at its worst. That, that, was, that was just terrible. Have you ever had that happen where a girl cried? Yes. I've, you know, I've had this happen a couple times. But it didn't uh, happen to me until, like, I was in my 30s. <clears throat> so. But, you know, I've had a couple girls cry from they had just an intense orgasm. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. I've never had them cry because like their uncle raped them or something and it was just no. like a horrible memory that they're reliving. But yeah. I've had it where it's like they had an orgasm and it was just like mm. they just started crying and it was just like mm. I'm like are you okay? And it's like oh it's a good cry. This is good. And it's mm. like okay, it's really yeah. weird. <laughs> but all right. I mean, I've had them uh, attack me because their uncle raped them. And then eventually I just I just stopped dealing with her. She was a mega ditzy dingbat pain in the ass. And then uh, after uh, the adopted sister fiasco, after we moved, I made a bunch of friends, started actually meeting women in normal under normal circumstances. Uh, I met a girl that I dated for four years. 
she was half Filipino. She was from an upper class family, so she was a real uppity bitch. And you know, I, I thought that you know she was this amazing woman, and I was willing to do anything to keep her. So I just kissed her ass. I, I let her own me. And uh, I actually called up once with a uh, shit story about her. Uh, and what what happened was uh, she was the girl that uh, after we finished having sex. I looked underneath and saw a turd nugget under her ass. I don't know if you guys remember this call. Oh, man. <laughs> I totally remember this call. But I, I wonder think I d- was this wait. all these all these shitting the bed <laughs> stories bleed together in my mind. <laughs> I totally remember this call though. Where he was like, I think he like didn't tell her about it. Like he hid it from her or something. Let me let me see here. And Never didn't mention it to her. I don't even think she realized it happened. I quickly snatched the turd, went in the bathroom, flushed it, and never said anything about it. End of call. That's like the exact opposite of what you did, kind of in that, your situation. But yeah. yeah, no, it is the opposite. This is like but... the goofus and gallant. You know, you remember Highlights Magazine? Yeah, yeah. This is like the goofus and gallant <laughs> version of how to do. handle it when a couple wakes up with shit in the bed. You're, and you're goofus, all right? Yeah, but that shit was mine. This shit is hers. If it was hers, I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like this is gross. Like I would. You're not helping something. your case at all. <laughs> well, what it happened to me, I kind of framed the person, but but I'm just amazed that this guy was just kind of like he like palmed it in his hand and sort of like furtively got you know disposed of the evidence and just pretended it didn't happen. I mean, would you, what would you have done? He was cunt-struck, man. What do you want? You know? I, I suppose. You just said it. At the same time, I think you need to pull people I ain't grabbing down no from turd. the pedestal. I ain't yeah, grabbing I'm no not turd, grabbing some turd. Much. I'd be like, all right, I think that we need a cleanup in aisle 69 here. Yeah. Or something. You know, just, I'd, just, just like I said in my, uh, you know... Uh, my 1994 R&B signal, single, I ain't grabbing no turd. So, <laughs> Damn. I ain't grabbing no turd. It's a good song. Yeah. Uh, hello, Dean Harrison. Uh, back to my first real serious relationship. So, in addition to that one uh, shit story regarding her, <laughs> uh, one thing that she would do is she would pull these really elaborate pranks on me. Uh, I remember one time I got blackout drunk, and weeks later she was telling me she had this surprise for me, and it was a framed it, it was a framed picture with several photographs of me drunk, passed out drunk with makeup all with women's makeup all over my face. I had a huge giant dick drawn on my forehead. I'm bald, so you know just this big giant dick just from my brow all the way up the back of my head. Uh, she, yeah, lipstick, eyeshadow, all the shit. Uh, she put her bra and panties on over Jesus. my t-shirt and shorts. And- Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Uh, no, I've only had women send me injectable acetaminophen. <laughs> I've never had any kind of gift like that. I just, I've never had like girlfriends that are like, I gotta prank my boyfriend. Or you know how like you see those videos where it's like, I'm pulling a prank on my sleeping girlfriend. Like I gotta put a fucking goat in her face and it's going to scream and wake her up. It's like, I've never understood that, nor would I ever want to be in a relationship like that. 
Or though I thought I, I, a lot of those videos are fake, you know. No, oh, they yeah yeah. There are people no. who make a living like that on YouTube. Yeah, no, I, my I girlfriend saw, woke up, but she was duct taped to the ceiling or whatever, you know. I yeah. saw some video where the guy like pretended to drop their infant child like from a second story, and like the <laughs> mother flipped out screaming when she realized it wasn't the baby because he had switched it out. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Then another prank she did she did was she actually had me convinced that somebody stole my identity and had me join the Ku Klux Klan. And <laughs> right, she that's went good. all out with it. <laughs> that's I came good. home that's from great. work and there was this uh, man big manila envelope that she said was delivered to me via courier and it was there, there was a thank you letter saying thank you for my support of the white knights of the Ku Klux Klan. There was a laminated name badge <laughs> There was a, a fake receipt for a, 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 a hooded robe and their, their monthly newsletter. Uh, it even had the last four digits of my bank account number on there. So, you know, the XXXXX and then the last four numbers. And, there, and then there was the newsletter in there. And the subject of the newsletter was... Uh, oh, she is very thorough. That's so... That's amazing. God, I mean, this is like a pretty yeah. amazing prank. I mean, at that point, I would have been like, did I get really stoned and sign up for the KKK? I wonder what the laminated membership card said. Like, you're a junior cyclops or whatever. You <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> Grand Poobah. Yeah. Good about how we need to abolish Martin Luther King Day as a holiday due to his communist ties. And I flipped out. She watched me go, go to the bar that night, watch a game with my friends, and flip out over it the whole time. And then finally... I was like, look, somebody stole my credit card number. I know I just bought you some jewelry on this card, but I might have to cancel all that shit, you know, because, you know, somebody stole my shit. And she's like, all right, fine. It was me. I'll admit it. And then that was the end of that. Stevie. She was a crazy, yeah. crazy bitch. The girl I ended up with her. Wait, I want to know how that relationship ended. Like, yeah. If you talk about someone who practices black magic, I would think it was this woman. Right. So, yeah, how did you end that one, Wad? And did you ever like have like you know, you know, uh, hookups in the future where you just kind of randomly saw her or something? That yeah, and did she show up with like a two-year-old? Like, this is your son. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and then like three years later, be like, I'm just fucking with you. Psych. You know? Yeah. <laughs> while you're playing catch with him, while you're playing catch with him, just like psych. Yeah, like six yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Story's even funnier. But uh, we'll get we'll save that for another time. But I notice you guys always have a lot of questions anytime I call. Um, I am a sick and wrong patron. Uh, I listen to your patron. I listen to your Patreon uh, bits quite often. So um, if you guys are interested, I'd be happy to do a sick and wrong interview on the Patreon. Hmm. You can ask me all the all the fucking weird questions you guys have, and uh, I, I guarantee you, I'm not going to run out of shit to say. So. Uh, Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Love the show. Uh, keep it sleazy. Bye. Keep it sleazy. Mm. Um, you know, that's a good idea, actually. Maybe we should do that in the Patreon, like up close and personal segments with like FM and the WAD. Yeah. yeah. You know, where we actually do like a, like a Barbara Walters style interview. Sure. Ah, yeah, why not? Yeah, you know what? I think that might be kind of interesting. Because, you know, but the thing is, though, I don't want to 
takeaway stories that, that the wad might tell. But we do right. have a lot of questions for the guy. We do, yeah. Yeah, maybe one of these days we might do like an up close and personal. Huh. Anyway. Uh, Wad, thank you uh, for calling in. And people can call us here on hotline 323-522-4032. One quick email I want to get to and then we're going to move on. We've got to get out of here. Um, this came in from Ken the Dub. Ken yeah. the Dub. He says, hey, Dean Harrison, just a random email while my wife is watching episode after episode of Fear the Walking Dead. I can't do this fucking TV show anymore. It's gone beyond rotundo, to be honest. I have to imagine my wife's face on every zombie at this point, especially when they get a sharp, rusty object rammed through their fucking skull. Don't get me wrong. I love my wife, but I need advice. Is it possible to turn her against this TV show? Please help. I'm willing to try anything at this point. Anything. Cheers. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. Ken the dub. I think you just wait it out. It just, it's only, they only have like four or five seasons, for God's sakes, you know? But have you ever had the misfortune of watching that show? Yeah, it sucks. Oh my God. Like, I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's an alternative to Walking Dead. Yeah. I think I made it through like maybe two seasons and then. I think I I watched three seasons of that, sadly. I you know, it, it's even in, a, and I, I was, reluctantly watched every episode. I so. was reading, I was reading a review now. Yeah. It's even beyond retarded now, like yeah. rotundo now. It's like they, now the story is that they fly, they like drive around and I think they even have a plane and they just kind of, they're like the A team, the zombie yeah. A team. They go, help Oh yeah. They're in like a, need. they're in like a lesbian van, a lesbian van and yeah. a, a cargo plane and a truck. And they just go find people in need and then they yeah. help them. And it, it is so bad. And the guy with the stick is on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. It's awful. Um, I would just threaten her with divorce. Yeah. <laughs> and also just, uh, you know, just try to have a ban on any, any TV shows whose title is a, is actually a command, you know, because it's yeah. like I will do I will do anything I fucking well please with The Walking Dead. Don't tell me what to do about The Walking Dead. <laughs> I, maybe I don't want to fear. Maybe I want to fucking fuck The you know, Walking Dead. Yeah, maybe I want to talk to them. Maybe I want to laugh about it. Who knows? I don't. I may not want to fear them. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. TV. I think you should just like fake suicide every time she's watching it to distract her. Yes. And then after a while, she's going to be so traumatized. She's going to associate it. It's like almost Pavlovian. She's going to associate it with Fear of the Walking Dead. All these traumatic suicides. Like, like almost like Harold and Maude, in a way. Just get her a membership with the Klux Klan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get her a membership yeah. with the KKK. Yeah. That'll stop her from watching that wretched show. That's right. That's uh, so bad. Uh, people, best way to support the show. A lot of people ask me, it's like, we love you, D. We love you, Harris, and we love your show. We want to keep it going. How can I help you? Well, the reason, the way you can help us, the best way is by joining up the Sick and Wrong patron. Become a Sick and Wrong patron today, and you can really help the show. It keeps us going. Become a White Knight Dragon Cyclops of, <laughs> of the Patreon, <laughs> of the Patreon page. <laughs> you know, maybe we should change the awards so that they're yeah. different Ku Klux Klan like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like achievements or something. Yeah. Um, ranks. God, all the titles in that thing are so fucking dumb. It's like a bunch of like shitty 12-year-olds from the Yeah, it's 80s like they're LARPers. 
Yeah. Like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you're a dragon kobold, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wizard knight. Purple wizard knight. Yeah. 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 So terrible. Uh, but yeah, just go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. I mean, sign up and check it out. I mean, we, we post a lot of content. Like at this point now, there's like hours and like probably months of content. Yep. But uh, Harrison and I do a lot of, uh, that, that's our new thing is we do a lot of outtakes where we shoot the shit talking about things. I think Harrison was talking about some of his dating life recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about a uh, verbal spat I got into with a coworker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we air a lot of our personal stuff on there. And uh, and not to mention, we, we were talking about Trump and, and his Sharpies and uh, Boris Johnson. Yeah. I think we went into Boris Johnson uh, and, uh, and, and just how like English uh, government works. So anyway. And I was definitely white knighting about how we should stop fearing the walking dead and start hearing the walking dead. hearing the yeah. walking dead that so. was like he spent about like 30 minutes talking about uh-huh. that that's right so go to patreon.com slash sick wrong sign up today we do appreciate it finally here's sick wrong song of the week harrison did i tell you i'm going up to sf this weekend san francisco you did yeah several times so the reason i'm going is because joe kelly got me a ticket for the iron maiden legacy tour and it, okay were you ever a fan of maiden yeah but like, you know, I've like never. When you're like, twelve, I listened to it here and there. You know what I mean? But I've never seen them. I don't really care. Oh so. God, I love Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is with Maiden, they do like, you know, they'll do a a, a tour when they release a new album. But who gives a shit about their new music? No one does. No, I mean, I guess no some people does. do, but I don't. I mean, I'd rather hear their uh, you know their older songs. So every now and then, and it's kind of cool that they do this. They do their. Uh, one year they'll do like an album tour and the next year they'll do a legacy tour where they only play old songs. Didn't Joe Kelly just buy you tickets to go see Iron Man like two months ago? I feel like this is, a, I feel like I'm, I'm just trapped in a, in a Groundhog Day here. Doesn't this just always happen? No, I probably mentioned it. He okay, like, right. no, he got these right. tickets. He did get right. these tickets back in February or something because they went right. on sale like almost a year ago. But well, the thing that pissed me off about it is I was going to go see him here because they're playing like at a, you know, on Saturday, like a normal time to go see a band. But he was like, oh, I got you a ticket. And I was like, all right, cool. When are they playing? A Tuesday night. So it's, it's just kind of sucks. It's like I got to fly into SF and then just Monday and Tuesday kind of hang out and then go see him on Tuesday night. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a legacy tour and they're going to play all their old songs. And they are one of my favorite bands. The funny thing about Maiden, real quick, is last time I saw them, like the rest of the band, like Steve Harris and uh, and all the other guys, they still, even though they're older dudes, they still kind of look metal. Like they're wearing leather pants and like a jean vest with patches on the back and spikes and right. shit. But Bruce Dickinson looks like he's about to launch an iPhone app. Like he's wearing like khaki pants and a fleece. And he's like out there, you're just like, what the fuck, Bruce? Mm-hmm. You might as well fucking try to look metal. I don't know. Uh, but anyway... He is amazing. So we're going to end the show here with an Iron Maiden song. But this is like from, from my favorite Iron Maiden album. It's called Killers. And Bruce isn't even on it. This is the second LP uh, Maiden record. And it's Paul Diano, who is the original lead singer, that they fired because he was a cokehead and a junkie. And they replaced him with Bruce Dickinson, who's a way better singer. But really, the first two Maiden records, I think, are amazing. And so this song is called Murder in the Rue Morgue. It's off the album right. Killers. We're going to end the show with that. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 704. Until then, take a sleazy.
Are you eating something? I'm just taking fucking aspirin, bro. All right. Dude, did you get the cyanide-laced ones? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I like how we just did this whole story Fuck. about tampered pills and you're taking a few. I just literally vomited all of it. God. <laughs> I'm not having a day, man. Jesus. I'm, I'm having a fucking day, bro. <laughs> I'm going to use this as the intro. <laughs> I, tried, I don't know. Normally when I swallow pills with wine, it's fine, but it, it didn't work well that time. <laughs> Did you just oh. barfed it up? Did you barf up the pill? Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. Oh, hold on a second. All right. <laughs> 